Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventures should be fun. Adventures should be rugged. Adventures should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. We play for bravery. We play for big hearts in tiny bodies. We play for the fighter within. We play for life reclaimed, disease in remission, stories rewritten. We're Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU, and we nurture the champion in every child. We fight the forces that threaten them, and we play to win. Learn how at chrichmond.org. Goldilocks Productions broadcasts universal cosmic frequencies that unlock, awaken, and expand the consciousness of our worldwide viewers and listeners. Goldilocks Productions presents the Live from Little Bear Sanctuary Show with Christopher Bain. Enjoy topics such as the vegan lifestyle, sanctuary media highlights, and spotlighting new rescues. Good evening, friends. Welcome to Live from Little Bear Sanctuary. I'm your host, Chris Vane. And uh, if you're watching live today, it is Monday, December 13th, 2021. So don't forget to subscribe to the Goldilocks YouTube uh, channel and the Little Bear Sanctuary Facebook. It's a great way to support all the shows on the Goldilocks Productions um, YouTube and, of course, Little Bear Sanctuary. And if you missed any of our shows, we're on demand on... uh, on all of those, all of those venues, the Little Bear Sanctuary uh, YouTube, Goldilocks Productions YouTube, Facebook, we're, we're everywhere, and and we're voice to uh, every major podcast site. All right, guys, couple announcements. Uh, the four California piggies made it. Yay! Uh, they arrived on Saturday. Um, they're doing really, really well. I, I want to thank everybody who who helped make this happen. Um, you guys, um, 
yeah, everybody was just so generous. Um, Morrow, we uh, were going to be spaying and neutering Groot and Mamas. Um, they had a bit of a love affair on the trip. So um, they, they really bonded. It was actually uh, it's quite touching, actually. Um, so they're going first tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, and Mr. Runner is going on Thursday. Uh, he's the, uh, I just lost my pen. He, he's the piggy that uh, was running away from the police in Riverside, California. And he, he's, he finally made it. I'm so excited to have him here. And, and of course, uh, Dory, Dory is, she's a big girl, 200 pounds. Um, she is so sweet. Uh, I've got her with Rosie and Casper, our big, our big piggies, and she's doing great. She's playing with the piglets. Um, it's as if she's always been here and it's, um, she's, she's going to be spayed next week. So lots of exciting stuff happening. So guys, this is our last show of the year. Um, it's been a great year. I've got to meet so many amazing people. And uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to 2020. A couple more announcements later. So I'm going to bring on my guest tonight. She is the co-founder and editor of Ashland Creek Press. It's a vegan-owned boutique publisher. Welcome to the studio, Midge Raymond. Thank Hi, you Mid. so much, Chris. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to meet you and to be here. And I'm so delighted for your new residence at the sanctuary. That is such happy. <laughs> Thanks. It's great to have you here. So I, I of course I was doing my research and I, I didn't even know you guys existed. You 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 do a lot of stuff with animals, vegans, public, uh, all that good stuff. <laughs> Tell everybody a little bit about, about the company. Okay, well, we, um, we're 10 years old this year. We wow. opened up in 2011. And so, yeah, so this is a big milestone year for us. Wow. We began as an environmental press, um, kind of a longish story, but the short of it was that we did not see a lot of environmental books on bookshelves. There was no eco-fiction category. Cli-fi, which is now kind of a big category, didn't really exist back then. And um, we just felt that there was a need out there. We, my partner, John, and I both have backgrounds in publishing. So we um, put out a call for submissions, um, published his novel, The Tourist Trail. That was our first publication. And we're just amazed at the number of books that were coming in. You know, wonderful manuscripts by really terrific authors. And they all involved environmental, they all had environmental themes, involved animal protection. So it was wonderful. We um, have published 30 books now. Wow. And um, it'll be a couple more, you know, early in 2022. So we're really amazed to still be going. And it's really kind of exciting because mainstream publishing, you know, the big five, so-called big five publishers sure. are now starting to get more interested in environmental fiction. And, yeah. and it works really well for us because the more environmental fiction out there, the better we need to be yeah. hearing these stories, sure. not just in nonfiction, because that can be really difficult and kind of depressing at times, but we need to hear stories that grab our hearts, you know, that really get to us and make us think about the planet and how we can do better. So anyway, we're publishing um, around the time that, you know, the, the mainstream publishers started getting more into environmental fiction. We turned a little bit more toward animal fiction and animal protection, conservation, those sorts of stories. So we're kind of, you know, moving more in that direction. We've also, it's kind of like our, our 10 year vegan anniversary as well. You know, we've yeah, been wow, that's great. Before that, 10 years. But around the time Ashland Creek Press came into being we both um, became vegan as well so wow. it's been a, quite a journey wow tell me a little bit about your journey to veganism well it's 
we kind of, again, we turned vegan around the same time and we had different journeys to vegetarianism. I sort of took it first, took the plunge first, simply because I find I had never eaten a lot of meat in my life, never really liked it, yep. but didn't really sort of consider being a vegetarian. I didn't really know enough about it. So finally, I just decided I'm just done, you know, no more. And then I started actually like looking into things as you do um, when you become vegetarian, recipes, yeah. <laughs> animal protection, all these animal issues, um, why I couldn't wear leather anymore, all this stuff. So the more I get into that, the more I realized, wow, you know, eggs are actually even worse, you know, in yeah. many ways than yeah. poultry. And you know, dairy as well. And it, it just made no sense to be vegetarian and not be vegan. And John had kind of quit overnight. He went to an animal rights conference uh, to research his novel. And he called me the for after the first day and said, okay, that's it. Wow. <laughs> I'm done. And then, yeah. you know, we kind of had that journey that a lot of vegans have where it's hard to give up certain little things, you know, yeah. cheese. Cheese. Always yeah. the cheese, right? <laughs> exactly. So that was our that was our struggle for like a couple of years until yeah. we finally just realized that's it. It's it's it. Yeah. We don't need that anymore. Right. And of course yeah. now we have the best cheeses, you know. I know I, yeah, we talk about that all the time. The cheeses <laughs> now are just so different than they were 10 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. How long have you been vegan, Chris? Uh, going on 12 years in January. So oh, okay. Well, same time as you basically. Yeah, we're so uh, lucky right now to have all the options we do. It's really, yeah, very isn't it amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, Miyoko's cheese. I mean, Whoa. she's, she's totally changed the industry. I think she is a game changer for sure. And everything yeah. she does is magnificent. Butter, cheese, uh, yep. the mozzarella. Oh my gosh. The mozzarella. Oh my gosh. The butter is absolutely amazing. Yeah, for sure. That you're in Oregon. Southern Oregon, yeah, just north of the California border. Okay, very nice. And you, are you and John a couple? We are. We're partners oh. in Ashland Creek Press and partners in life also. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. How long have you guys been together? We've been together, uh, I think, 27 years. Wow. Ish. wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 25 cool. years married. And, wow, um, awesome. Congrats. A couple years before that. So, yeah. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. So why vegan publishing? Why publishing? I know you've been in the industry um, for quite some time. Yes. And John has as well. You know, we both lived in New York in the nineties. We both worked in publishing then I was, um, working for one of the major publishers. It's well, it, it's changed so much over the, the last few decades. Um, but the company I worked for is now part of Penguin Random House. And okay. so, you know, we both have, his background is more marketing and he's also technical. And my background is in editorial and a little bit of marketing, copywriting and that sort of thing. So it came naturally to do this together. We both have everything we need to, to make it work. You know, he designs the books and handles freelance designers. And then I can, you know, edit the books and handle the freelance editors and proofreaders that we need. We both have the experience we need to make it all happen, which is great and fortunate. And Vegan publishing because the world needs these kinds of books. So vegans need these kinds of books because I think it's really nice for vegans to read about vegan characters that aren't like these crazy activists, you know? Yeah, I, I love we that. We are activists, yeah. right? But yeah. we're just regular people most So it's kind of... I totally agree. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I feel like every time I come across a mainstream novel with a vegan character, there's some kind of crazy person. And I was just reading <laughs> a novel where they I, made some disparaging remark about veganism. And I thought, why, why did they have yeah. to do this? I think vegans, unfortunately, become a bad word um, yeah. 
sort of at this point. And um, yeah, and I'd like to sort of see that change. So it's partly yeah, me too. mostly for vegans. It's also we really our goal is to is to publish amazing books for all readers that happen to be about animal protection or conservation or just, you know, not eating animals or using animals and what that life looks like, because it's a beautiful life. It's a quite normal life, but yeah. I don't, we don't see that a lot in mainstream fiction. So um, to sure. put that out there, you know, I think is, is one of our goals. And to do, you can do that through a really good story. You know, if you read an amazing book, you learn something that you don't even kind of realize it consciously. You're just having, you're just going along for the ride. Right. And there's so much that the world doesn't know about what it means to be vegan and how animals are used and, and how much we need to do, how much work we have to do to, to save them. Uh, a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. The environment right now is definitely in trouble. Um you know, it's funny, I was reading statistics and, you know, we think, you know, when you're involved in ve veganism and you're involved in rescue like I am and, you know, you're you're doing your books, um, you know, you forget that like 90 percent of the U.S. is not vegan. And and I sometimes forget. Um, so I've we've always approached it, you know, from a positive aspect. Um, you know, we don't show the horrors we um, we just like to you know look at the animals we're rescuing. This, look, look at this fabulous dish that I, you know, ate for dinner last night. And, um, and I think that's, um, it's been very, uh, it's more successful, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's more inclusive. I agree. It's true that it's so easy to look away from the horrors. And I think that that has a place that sort of it has a place. Absolutely. It yeah. really does make the difference for some people. Sure. But I think it did for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, a lot of people ask me, have you seen Earthlings, the film? And I said, I saw the trailer and could barely like even get up the next morning. So that, no, I don't need to see it. But right. some people need that to sort some of people need that for that sure. change. Yeah. So, um, but I think the positive stuff goes a long way. And I think especially when it comes to animals, I think yeah. one major way, and that's why I'm so happy that you're there and you're doing what you're doing is because one major way to get people to stop eating animals is to meet them. Yep. You know, you if you meet, a pig up close and you, you spend time with chickens and, you know, and you, and you pet a cow. I mean, how can you even think about eating them? You realize they are no different from your pets and no. there's no going back. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I've, um, I've met a lot of vegans who, you know, come here and they're meeting a pig for the first time. And even that's uh, it's uh, it's, it's changing. It really changes you. You know, they're to, they have such human eyes. Their personalities are um, very prominent. <laughs> they plot, they scheme, they, you know, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah, we love our piggies here. <laughs> they are amazing. They're yeah. amazing. I don't, I wish I knew more pigs very well. Um, we have a local sanctuary here in Southern Oregon called Takuna Loam Farm Sanctuary. And I've been, I haven't gotten to know the pigs yet, but I've gotten to know um, several of their goats, a couple okay. of sheep, many, yeah. many chickens, and the most um, vociferous and big personality turkey I've ever met named Celine, <laughs> named Clydeen. Sorry. Oh, she's wonderful. Um, and so that, that's just when you, when you meet, I, Thanksgiving was a really hard for me this year because I, you know, sort of gotten close to Clydeen and I, I think about her a lot and especially around that time. And I wish, you know, more people could get to know them the way that we know them, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's, um, yeah. I don't, I, um, I'm not going to go into details. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, Thanksgiving is always hard. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, <clears throat> I personally love to read an actual book, you know, like pick it out and have it in my hand, hold it. Um, I know you guys are very much a part of that experience and uh, keeping that alive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we do print books. So the way we work is print on demand. One of the things about publishing that can be so frustrating from an environmental perspective is all the waste. You know, they, um, most books are printed in China, right? Because it's affordable. It's the most cost-effective way to do it. But huh. you've got the shipping costs and the carbon footprint of that is, is amazing. Yeah. They also, um, there's also a lot of waste. You know, books get pulped um, the way they do it. This is kind of probably too much information. But the way it works um, in traditional publishing is, that books are sold to bookstores and if they don't sell off the shelves, they can be returned. But by the time they're returned, they're often in unsaleable condition. So they simply get pulped, which is just kind of a horrible, a horrible thing for everyone, especially yeah. the authors. But it's also horrible for the trees that have, you know, been used to make these books. So one thing that we are, are glad that we've been doing is print on demand, which means that no books are printed unless someone buys it. So oh. if you were to order a book from a retailer or from our website, it would be printed and sent. And we do have a tiny amount of inventory and we do review copies for new books. But in general, we don't print um, like thousands of copies and have them sitting around in a warehouse somewhere. We print as needed. And the costs are higher, the, the unit costs are higher, but we feel that it's worth it environmentally. We also do eBooks because a lot of people people read the way they want to read. Right. You know, you mentioned having a book. I'm, I'm a, I'm a print book person. Yeah. I love my yeah. books. I just love okay. to. Yeah. yeah. I imagine um, your house is. Oh, it is ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We we're overcome with books and, and typewriters. John collects vintage typewriters. Oh, wow. How cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> we're a little bit um, outnumbered. <laughs> to say um, yeah, so we, we have to meet readers where they where they are and how they want to read. Yeah. So we do ebooks for every book as well. And we have a couple of audiobooks because audiobooks are pretty popular, but those are hard to produce oh, and expensive to produce. So we only yeah, have a couple yeah, of those. I imagine. Yeah. I um I've never I've never sat through an audiobook yet. <laughs> you know, I haven't either. I um I'm partly because I'm not a good multitasker, but also <laughs> I just love to read. I love to yeah, really love yeah. get into a book. Yeah. yeah. What are you reading right now? Oh my gosh. Well, I've got, I just got a couple of books from the library and um, I, so I've got a stack, a small stack of books and one ebook because the library does ebooks, but I'm just, I'm finishing up a book called Trans Love, um, which a friend had a couple of poems published in it and I wanted to read them. So I, I ordered the book. And so I'm reading that. It's beautiful. Um, it's just an anthology of essays and poetry um, from the trans and non-binary community. So sure. That's been wonderful. I just finished an incredible environmental book. So another thing that we do is Ecolit Books, um, which is a website um, that just celebrates all things eco, you know, fiction, eco literature. So there mm -hmm. are resources for writers who, you know, might want to submit to a magazine. And so we have these eco magazine, you know, big listing of eco magazines and journals. Um, and we also have book reviews and we have several contributors who do book reviews for not, not necessarily anything published by us. Um, cause we don't review our own books, but 
all the eco fiction that's out there. And so I just read a really good book um, that I did a review on called Damnation Spring by Ash Davidson. And it's about logging in the North uh, Northwest. So it's oh. kind of set in our neck of the woods. It's further South yeah. Humboldt County, but it's, um, it's incredible. Um, it was an incredible book. And I was a little wary about it because, you know, I love the Redwoods and I wasn't sure how much I'd love a book right. about logging, but what I loved about right. it was that it really um, gives you the perspective. I think all environmentalists should have this perspective of this is what, you know, when you protest a certain, um, you know, a certain thing, whether it's logging or, or whatever it might be, you are affecting the way of life for people. And it's just something that we don't always think about as environmentalists. We want to save the birds. We want to save the trees. Um, but we have to figure out a way to make sure people can make a living. So that it was very complicated and very interesting. Hmm. Wow. What's the name of it again? It's called Damnation Spring. Damnation Spring? Yep. You got to check it out. Cool. Yeah, it's a, it was brand new this year. So I think it still might be in hardcover. Okay. Very cool. Um, of course, I've got to ask you your top three books ever. <laughs> you know that, um, well, I can give you my top three books and then can I have two bonus books? Sure. Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> because I've got, um, so my top three books for animals and environment are, you know, one, I love Karen Joy Fowler's novel. We are all completely beside ourselves which is very much an animal rights novel. I can't say too much about it if you haven't read it because um, I think it's kind of best to go into it not knowing. There's a bit of a spoiler alert that I'm going to try to avoid. Okay. And then I also <laughs> loved Barbara Kingsolver's Flight Behavior, which is similar to the book I just mentioned. It has a lot to do with the clashing of cultures, activists versus locals and environmental changes and, and all that goes into to that. And I also love Anne Pancake's novel, Strange As This Weather Has Been, which is about mountaintop removal mining in West mm. Virginia. And, and the, the author, Anne Pancake, is from West Virginia, and she does the most incredible job of you know, portraying this, this world. Um, and again, the, the sort of conflicts, the love of the land that people have versus the need for the jobs that they, you know, so oh, totally get it. sure. it's wonderful. But I read two books this year by the same author, that are very animal related. And it's an Australian author. Her name is Charlotte McConaughey. And she wrote a book called Migrations. And she wrote another book called Once There Were Wolves. And they're both really beautiful, beautiful books. The newer one is Once There Were Wolves. And I reviewed them both on Ecolit Books. So you can go there to find more about them. Okay. But she's, they're also best-selling novels. They're, they're amazing. Once There Were Wolves is about um, a biologist who's reintroducing wolves to the Scottish Highlands. So if you like wolves, it's like a gorgeous book about that and about so much else. This, this yeah. author packs in so much into a, into a book. And the migrations was interesting to me. It was, it's about a journey from the Arctic to the Antarctic um, in which a woman is following the, the migration of, of terns down to mm -hmm. from the south, north to the south. Um, but again, it's about so much human drama as well. So are these fiction, nonfiction? Those are both novels. Actually, all five That's of those are novels. Novels. Okay. Yeah, I have a fondness for fiction. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Um, I know you guys have a foundation. You help a lot of animals and 
Tell everybody a little bit about that. We do. Well, we're not a nonprofit and we we find, right. we find ourselves getting asked that a lot. Are you a nonprofit because of the, you know, the themes of our, our work? And we're not. Oh. And the only reason is because it's it's very complicated, as I'm sure you know, you know, oh. setting up a nonprofit and, and all that. So we just like to keep things simple and yeah. uh, do our thing. But we also really wanted to give back, especially to environmental and animal causes. So we founded the Ashland Creek Press Foundation. Um, it's actually a fund that's run by the San Diego Foundation. Foundation, and that makes it easy as well because um, we can just make grants from that fund. Yeah. So yeah, so we support as many places as we can with that. that. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I gotta, I gotta hear about uh, your general manager, uh, Harland. And uh, and on the office managers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we've had two late. I forgot to include them on my post, and I I, I, oh, later, I, oh, I forgot no, to that's fine. the general so, manager. <laughs> we've had two general managers, um, Theo and Harlan, and yeah. they're both no longer with us. In oh, the, uh, I'm sorry. Department. No, it's it's okay. They were just two of the world's great cats. Yeah. Um, we miss them so much. And, um, but we have our, our new office managers are really filling the void. Yeah. I mean, not that those paws can ever be filled, but they're, um, they're keeping us entertained and um, doing a great job, <laughs> keeping us in the chair a lot, you know, yeah, when yeah. You, <laughs> that's what you do. You're, you're stuck working. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's so funny. Do you guys have a, a storefront? We don't, we actually okay. don't. Okay. So we've thought about it a lot, um, but I think part of the reason we're still here after 10 years is because we have such a low overhead, you yeah. know, we just keep everything really lean. And um, John was reminding me the other day of, of the joke about publishing, which is how do you make a small fortune in publishing? And you start with a large fortune. <laughs> so <laughs> the publishing is, is more a labor of love than anything else. So we yeah, do. Sounds that way. <laughs> yeah. By, by keeping things simple and lean, we've been able to, to keep going strong. So, so yeah. far, we're going to stick with that for a bit. That's awesome. So uh, you mentioned Ecolit. Is that, you know, are they like, uh, you can buy the books through them or you can buy directly you through actually, you or? You actually can. So if you go to ecolitbooks.com, mm-hmm. you'll find all the Ashland Creek Press books. Okay. But if you look at a review of any of the books, which go far beyond Ashland Creek Press, you can click on a link and buy, and we link to bookshop.org. So bookshop. you can link to bookshop.org, which is an organization that helps support indie booksellers. Oh, cool. That's very so, cool. Yeah. So if you if you buy a book that we've reviewed through Ecolit Books, it'll just take you to that that online retail site oh, and um, it helps support the I, there's a little affiliate thing. So Ecolit Books might get, a, you know, a little tiny, a few cents, um, but it yeah. also bookshop.org does exist to help indie booksellers. So, yeah, so that's, that's a good cool. thing. Yeah, I think it's it's really needed. I mean, between Amazon and um, does anybody go to bookstores anymore? Well, you know, with the pandemic, it's been really, really hard. Um, yeah. But I also have to say that the one thing that has, you know, is people are reading more. Um, yeah. books, book sales have been doing okay. They they really, you know, took a dip early on, but then people kind of embraced, you know, reading and yeah. And, but booksellers have had to work very hard. So it has been tough. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I love a good bookstore. There's nothing yeah. like it. I know. I know. Especially if you love, like, I can just go around touching all the books. It's terrible. Not <laughs> not now with a pandemic or anything. You know, I, know, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, books are just wonderful. 
Yeah, I'm from New York City, so I miss those smaller bookstores that we just don't have in Florida, you know, other than, you know, the Books a Million and the occasional Barnes and Noble that are still around. Yeah, yeah New York is great for bookstores. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, classes, events. I know you guys do some classes. You do some events. We Anything do. That out? was another thing that came out of the pandemic. Oh. Um, several years ago, we published a book called Writing for Animals, which is um, an anthology of essays and articles uh, by writers about how to write for animals and oh. not like how to write a book for your cat, but more how to write in a way that is like promotes animal welfare, promotes, you know, at conservation. A lot of books are written about animals that are, you know, that either perpetuate misperceptions about animals or in some way, maybe inadvertently even harm animals or perpetuate myths. So this was about how, you know, just how to write about animals in a compassionate way, how to work in certain themes in your fiction, how to, you know, portray animals in fiction. And, um, it became really popular, actually, with with university programs, you know, um, animal studies programs, as well as writing programs. And then when we kind of got stuck at home during the pandemic, we thought was John's idea, really. Um, let's do a class based around the book. So so we did. We tried it and it was really popular. So we did another class. And then we um, this was John's idea too. <laughs> decided to put it on to do um a self-paced version. So people who couldn't join us live could just, um, you know, download all the classes oh, and kind oh. of, divide. yeah. So, oh, so that makes it easy. Yeah. And we had people all over the world joining us. We had people yeah. you know, in, in London and um, India and Australia. So this is for P and that was, that was hard on people in those different time zones, you know, they were kind of just waking up or it was late, late at night. So we have a self-paced version now where you can, you know, have the same program any time of day or, and that's available now people can that's available now yep cool. yep very nice um <clears throat> you have two books you've written a couple books actually more than two you, you you wrote some books on how to write i did yes i wrote um i wrote a book called everyday writing which came to me years ago when i was i was living in seattle and i just published my first book and I think I'd also just gotten my first smartphone because I was, I noticed a lot that I was just, I was out in public places and Seattle's a beautiful city, so much going on, so much drama, like there is anywhere in any given moment. And I was just like always on my phone. And um, I realized that I had to be a writer and I had to look up and see what was going around. I, I just realized I was missing out on a lot of stories. It kind of hit me one moment. I was waiting with um, for a friend to show up. We we're going to have drinks and, and I just suddenly noticed there was all this drama, like there was a couple having a fight, like in this other area of the restaurant. And then a family had just reunited for some, you know, event. And I was like, wow, you know, what am I doing on my phone? So I started yeah. thinking about the notion of being an everyday writer and how you can, you know, be a writer without showing up on the page. You know, if you're, whether you're busy or have jobs or childcare, you know, writers yeah. usually do a lot of other things. And so, yeah, so it was really fun to, I did it sort of cause I had needed to do it and then put the book together and realized I had so many other things, you know, to share and other people connected with that sort of the idea of like, well, I don't have time to write today, but I can write in my notebook. I can observe things. I can be more aware of the world around me. So that was fun. And then everyday book marketing came out of that, the same idea which is that we could spend our whole lives promoting our books, 
but we don't have that kind of time. So how to do that in a manageable way, especially if you're published with a small press, like I was with my first book. Yeah. So I, I, I wrote a book. What do I do? How do I get it to you? What do I, you know, what's the, what's the process, you know? For Well, for Ashland Creek Press specifically, we're super small. So we have submission periods that are open at certain times of the year. So um, you would join our mailing list and keep an eye. And whenever we open up, you would send us whatever we're asking for. You know, sometimes we we publish anthologies. So we might um, be looking for a short story or we might be looking for, um, you know, a contrast entry. Right now we're open to submissions till December 31st for the Siskiyou Prize in new environmental literature. So that's a contest um, we'll have one winner, but several finalists and there's a cash award and a writing residency. So that's kind of fun oh, cool. for people very who have cool. a, a completed manuscript ready to go. Wow. And, um, one of my office managers just joined me. I don't know yeah. if he's going to, oh, yeah. <laughs> <William> is here. <laughs> I can't um, see him, but <laughs> I know he's, well, he blends in with everything. He blends in with Yeah. <laughs> Very cute. Very cute. Um, yeah. Give some advice for somebody who I, I know self-publishing is huge right now. It's fairly easy to do, right? It's very easy to do. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you use a platform, um, you know, Amazon makes it very, very easy. So that's yeah. one of the easiest yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, a, a more difficult way is to do it yourself and actually print copies of books. Hmm. So self-publishing is great for the entrepreneurial writer, you know, someone who has a lot of skills or has a lot of money to pay people for their skills or has a lot of friends with skills, you know, because That's a good editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you know a good editor, proofreader, yeah. book designer, copywriter, you know, it's a lot <laughs> that goes into it. So, um, but the nice thing about that is um, you get to keep every cent that you make and you get right. to be in charge the whole way. Yeah. So with yeah. a traditional publisher and we're small, but we're traditional. So what that means is, um, you know, we, we take on a book, we acquire a book and we put everything in it. You know, we do everything for it and then yeah. get it out into the world and publish it. And marketing is the big thing. So that's hard for every writer, but especially a self-published writer, because you don't really have, you know, the publisher to back you on that. And you don't have a publicity right. department or anything. Yeah, so, so unless you have a million followers on Facebook or something, you know, you know, yeah, there was an interesting right? Yeah, yeah it, you know, it does. It does. No. It really does. Social media has a role to play. But there was an interesting article in the New York Times recently about how a lot of a lot of writers who have huge followings, like millions and millions of followers on social media, their books don't sell that many copies, like not mm. even close. And wow. so it was just a little article about how, you know, having a lot of followers doesn't necessarily lead to book sales. So yeah, the marketing is definitely <laughs> it helps, though, you know, yeah, it sure. really helps. But yeah, there's so much that goes into marketing. And the other thing about it is, you know, what's the news on any given day? What's the news in every given year? Not you true. know, my novel was published um, a few months before the 2016 election, which really was a hard year to publish a book and actually a hard year for a lot of things. But yeah, sure. yeah. so timing has a lot to do with how a book. I never thought about that. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, yeah. we. um it's funny because you bring up the uh, when um, uh, I, I work with GoFundMe, we use a lot of GoFundMe stuff. I, I was very um, lucky to be GoFundMe Hero of the Month last year, and it was an, originally going to be launched in in March, and then the pandemic hit, so it got put off, and then Black Lives Matters hit, and it ended up 
you know, coming way, way later. And it was a very different, um, it was perceived very different than most of the monthly stuff, you know, because there was so much going on. So yeah, I totally, I can totally relate to that. Yeah, it, it happens. It's something that it's it, and it, I think art, you know, artists and and people like you who are running nonprofits. It, it's it's yeah. noticeable in a, in a weird way. A, a one a colleague of mine had, um, she had a, a produced a documentary that was getting a ton of buzz, like right when it first came out, and then nine eleven happened. This was obviously mm. years ago. Yeah, but you know, something like that can really um, derail a lot and you know as it as it should as it happens yeah, but it's, it's hard for, for artists and you know and nonprofits you know when when these things happen because we still have to do what we do and yeah um, <laughs> you know ain't that the truth <laughs> yeah very true um anything i should have asked you did did i miss anything i don't i i don't know do you have any favorite well can i ask you something i'm curious about sure. what books you read. Um, being an animal lover have you have, have you read any books that i haven't heard of that oh that gosh um i have no life right now um <laughs> and haven't in a long time <laughs> um I, I I haven't read anything that I could. I, I knew you were going to ask that question, and um, uh, gosh, I, I know the, I know the founder of um, Farm Sanctuary wrote a book recently that got really great. Um, and there's another. Um, there's a vegan um, weightlifter guy, and I forget his name too. And I'm friends with him on Instagram, and he just wrote it. It, was, it happened to go to on the New York times bestseller list and just, you know, like diet, how you can be a weightlifter on a vegan diet. You know, that's really popular now. And, you know, I'm, I'm dying to read his book, but I haven't read it yet. Um, I, I, it was a, an unfair question given all the, no, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I, I'm, I'm actually reading Stephen King right now. So, cause I'm a big <laughs> Stephen King fan. So it's not like I'm not reading, but um, I tend to not read the animal stuff because of, you know, um, it's sometimes really hard to to read some of the the sadness, you know. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard but for me. It's kind of like you know, it's got to be the right book. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm fascinated in in the Dragon's Keeper. The Dragon Keeper is an amazing novel. It was really one of our first books um, that we published at Ashton Creek Plus. I think it came out oh, in 2012. Yeah. Um, and Mindy Mejia, the author, she's gone on to have this wonderful career writing thrillers. So oh, wow. she, um, yeah, so she, and you know, that falls outside of what we do, but she found a big five publisher and she's published internationally and oh, it's a huge wow. acclaim. She's, she's amazing. Wow. And she's a lovely human, but her book um, is so powerful. I remember reading it on a plane and, you know, and, and crying on the plane, it was mm -hmm. just so, it was, it had that, but I have to say, cause I know what you mean about animal books. It had a, yeah. it had that moment, that scene that made yeah. me, it made our proofreader cry and Aww. she, she was very, pretty stoic. So I was, I yeah. was like, okay, this is, this book's going to be big. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be great. Wow. And um, so, but it, it ends on a really hopeful, beautiful note. And I think that's something that we, we look for in what we publish because ultimately that's, what we're about. I think to, to change the world, you have to look at, they have to have that hope and, and, you know, put that forth because otherwise it can seem to be too much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, yeah, that's all I got. Well, thank you so much. I really, you know, look forward to traveling again and would love to come visit you. Yeah, come visit. We we love visitors. Um, we have a really fun Airbnb. You can stay with us if you want, hug a cow okay. and, you know, um, rub some pig bellies. Oh. <laughs> um, people, you have a, your web, uh, Tiffany just put up your website. It's ashlandcreekpress.com. If people yes. want to read more about you. You guys are on Instagram. You guys are on Facebook. Did I see you were on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. Yeah, okay. Ashley Press yeah. is on Twitter. Absolutely. Okay. We're everywhere. Great. Final thoughts? Um, final thoughts? Well, you know, just keep in mind that art can change the world. You know, I think we all have our own sort of uh, versions of activism. And some people, um, and well, another book we published is called Saving Animals. And it's um, like a future activist guide is the subtitle. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that book is sort of just the way the author, Catherine Kelleher, kind of teaches you how to find your activist style, you know, um, mm-hmm. because... And I particularly feel that as an introverted writer, you know, I, I don't like doing the, the marches and the protests and, and, you know, all that stuff, but I can write about animals and I can publish wonderful books about animals and, you know, promote books about animals. So I would just say to, you know, to the activists out there, read as much as you can and write and, yeah. you know, every little bit helps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think a different approach to, like we talked about, you know, think about all the lives you're trying to change and the people that are in the industry and there's really so much more to to the bigger picture absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah. midge it was great to meet you it was Thank great you to for meet what you do um i'm really i'm i'm so glad i found you guys and i'm so happy to have you here today I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. And give the give your new pigs. We'll give all of them a belly scratch for me. I will. I'll definitely do that. And I'll see you on social media. Sounds great. Thank Enjoy you so much. Enjoy the holidays. Have a happy new year. Thank you. You too. Bye, Midge. Bye. All right. How's everybody doing tonight? Who's here? I didn't even look to see who's here tonight. Uh, Richard. Hey, Richard. How are you? Uh, Ruth, what's up, Ruth? I know, Ruth, you've published some stuff. You've got some books. You got, you're a great artist. You're selling your art stuff now. Um, how do we find you, Ruth? I'm sure Tiffany's got some links somewhere to put your stuff up. Robert Cheek, he's the vegan athlete. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading all this now. Yes, Robert, Rob. <laughs> Robert Cheek, he's a vegan athlete. He just wrote a book on the best uh, New York Times bestseller list. And I'm, I, I do want to read that. I want to have him on the show too. So uh, Robert, come on my show, please. Um, <clears throat> what else can I tell everybody tonight? So the, the piggies made it here. Uh, they are the cutest piggies. Um, it, it's just... I can't tell you guys how good it feels to have them here and for them to be safe. And and I I want to thank everybody who helped these piggies get here. There were so many people involved in this. It really took a village from the people who donated, um, from the transporter who they were so amazing, a husband and wife with their, with their kid. Um, they, 
took such good care of these piggies on this trip. I can't even begin to tell you guys. It was like first class for these, for these, for these piggies. And um, yeah, um, they're, they're a joy to have here. Uh, they're all really sweet. Uh, Mama's is a little shy, but um, I've so far, everybody's gotten a belly rub. Um, Runner is, he's such a, a, a joy to be around. Um, he, I can tell by the look in his eye, he's really smart. We've had conversations already together. He, um, he knows what I'm talking about for sure. Um, and I know he wants to run around. We, we have him in a small area right now. Um, and he's got the word runner for a reason. So, um, yeah, we got a big day tomorrow with spay and neuter for, um, for the two that fell in love. Mamas and Groot fell in love on the trip. <laughs> Mamas found a way to break through her little divider and they couldn't be separated after that. True love. Um, that was just, you know, they were, it's funny because they were both completely from separate uh, locations. They weren't even together at, um, at Saving Animals Healing Hearts in San Diego. Um, and by the way, they were instrumental in making this happen. Um, Terry was able to pull these piggies to safety. Um, she had two at Foster's and two with her. So, um, yeah, but it, it, uh, it, it all turned out great. Um, so happy to have him here. Um, um, piglets, piglets. So guys, nine of the 10 piglets have sponsors. We've got one piglet left who needs a sponsor. It's a little boy. He's reddish with black spots and he's the only piggy who doesn't have a sponsor and he doesn't have a name. So um, yeah, if you want to sponsor a piggy or any of our animals, uh, you can go to our website at littlebearsanctuary.org and it's $25 a month. And you'll get to name this little piglet. And of course, the four new the four new arrivals they all need sponsors. Um, we we'd uh, we're excited to uh, see who sponsors them. Um, it's it's the end of the year, guys. Like I just I can't believe it's December thirteenth. This is my last show of the year, and um, and it's been a great year. Um, I met so many amazing people. I got to interview so many amazing people. I, uh, I, I got to meet so many amazing people uh, socially, online. I guess it's sort of the new way to meet people now, right? Um, I had so much fun doing this podcast this year. Um, Tiffany, I love you. You, you know, you uh, make me want to do this every, every week. And um yeah, it's been a great year, everybody. Um, we've got amazing things happening in 2022. 2022, I can't believe it. Um, we got some amazing new board members coming on board. Um, we'll talk about that in January. Uh, you guys are going to be amazed at some of the people joining us. I'm really excited. Um, we've got some really exciting new stuff happening. Um and I'll, I'll, I gotta leave it at that. I can't give, I can't do any spoilers. Um, it's 2022 is going to be an amazing year and, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to what is going to happen. Hmm. wonder what it could be. Hmm. <laughs> Hi, Jennifer. How are you, sweetie? Um, what else can I tell you guys? Um, I, that's probably it for me. Uh, it's been such a crazy week. 
Uh, it's Monday. Gosh, I, I always think it's Friday when I do this, but we're Monday. Um, I'm looking at my list as always. Um, yeah, I just really, I, I just want to thank everybody who's been so supportive this year from the people who donated to the people who share our posts, to the people who follow us, to you guys who are always here with me every week. Um, to my live viewers, you guys, I love you guys. You're always here with me. Um, it's, 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 you know, I'm so grateful for, for just everyone who's been a part of the sanctuary this year. Um, thank you guys so much. I love you guys so much. And, um, it's, it's why I continue to do this. I, I can't imagine, you know, ever doing anything else. And you guys know, this is my, my passion and, and yeah, this this final rescue of the year was really, um, you know, really rewarding. Uh, and I'll you know I'll be posting videos uh, this week. We get to meet them, the piggies up close. And yeah, that's all I got. Unless anybody's got any questions, this is going to be the end of the show for this year. I I hope everybody has an amazing holiday. I hope everybody has a, a safe, healthy, happy new year. And we're going to be back on Monday, January 3rd. I think I'm the first show back on Goldilocks Productions. Yay. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'm, I'm sure I'll have something amazing prepared for January 3rd. Uh, thank you again, everybody. Um, this is Chris Vane signing out. Remember, peace begins on your plate. I love you guys. Don't want the fun to end? Grab more refreshments. Then head over to the Goldilocks Productions YouTube channel. With the huge selection of shows, the fun doesn't have to end. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventures should be fun. Adventures should be rugged. Adventures should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. Power a house full of connected devices with supersonic Wi-Fi, only from Xfinity. Get supersonic Wi-Fi with the new Xfinity 3-for-1 bundle. Go to Xfinity.com slash 3-for-1 to learn more. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires post-pay Xfinity Internet. After 24 months, regular rates apply to all services and devices. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.